Good Tuesday morning, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by our friends at Blue Water Climate Control. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday. Don't forget the great promotion that's going on at Blue Water Climate Control right now for those single zone mini split units that are perfect for sunrooms, small rooms, garages, studios. Um, bonus rooms, whatever you need. That room that's always a little bit uncomfortable, this unit can take care of that, whether it's heating it or cooling it. For more information on these units, for more information on all the great deals going on at Blue Water Climate Control right now, check them out online at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com or give them a call at 865-299-2290. Remember, you can book your appointment online for any need that you have at Blue Water Climate Control for any repair, and you can get a discount by booking online. So for more information, check them out, Blue Water Climate Control. With Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs on this Tuesday morning after what was a very um, loud, uh, dark, um, dark clouded, if you will, uh, day for Tennessee on Monday with the ouster of Jeremy Pruitt and others in the football program, including two assistant coaches, the good bit of the recruiting staff as well, uh, and the retirement of Philip Fulmer as Tennessee's AD. Had a chance to ponder it a little bit. Your thoughts um, after a few hours passed on what happened in, uh, on Monday. Rob, we'll start with you. I mean, you, <laughs> we've seen a lot on this beat. And, I mean, I'm 20 years for me, I don't know, 57 for you. <laughs> 87 is what it feels like today. He's been around, but today, I mean, what happened today was unprecedented, even for for this place. I mean, three assistant coaches, nine total staff staffers on the football side fired for, you know, some, some, some level of NCAA violations that, you know, level one for sure was mentioned. The announced retirement of a Hall of Fame national championship winning head coach as athletic director. I mean, even, even for this place today was crazy. I mean, just nuts. Now, you mean to tell you who the real loser is today? It's Butch Jones because now he has competition on his, the same street that Butch's house currently still resides on. Jeremy's house will be going on the market. Jeremy's not nearly as big, not nearly as nice as Butch's, which means it's a lot less expensive, a lot less expensive for potential buyers. In, in, all, in all seriousness, so uh, AP, I mean, everybody's asking this. I mean, how did this get here? I mean, I, I mean, how, how are how are we here on, on this Tuesday uh, that Tennessee is not only looking for a football coach, they're looking for an athletic director, and they're facing a cloud of NCAA over them that this program and this university has never has potentially never seen before. What? What? How is Tennessee well, you, here? Well, I think it goes back to. You know, Jeremy made a few enemies when he first got to campus. Um, and, you know, I think when the uh, quote-unquote whistleblower – I feel like I'm talking politics when we say that stuff. Um, but when that happened, you know, it just opened up uh, an opportunity for some of those people that maybe didn't uh, much care for, for Coach Pruitt to, uh, you know, see if they could knock him down a pedestal. And what they found was enough to uh, knock him out of a job for cause. So, you know, I mean, again, you go back, Tennessee goes to halftime at Georgia with the lead, the Vols are two and O and Jeremy Pruitt could probably have seemingly done just about anything in Knoxville. And then look where we are now, as we sit in the middle of uh, January and Tennessee's not only looking for a, a head coach, but an AD and just what a mess we have on our hands. So that's kind of what I go back to. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about that on the board, just, you know, 
you know, made a, you know, made a few enemies over time. And I think a lot of that just stems back to that first year where, again, he was learning on the job and was a bit of a bull in the China shop, so to speak. And, 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 you know, probably didn't handle himself the best. I think he's probably grown during his three years, but again, you set a standard early and then, you know, it's hard to try to change that stigma. Rob, it's going to be fascinating whenever the document dump happens and everybody's requested it uh, of what all exactly is found and what all the, what the level ones, what the level twos are in the um, alleged infractions that, that I'm told, I think we're all told is somewhere in the dozens, you know, maybe approaching 50 as a possibility. Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be really, uh, a long, but a, a, a really eye-opening read, it appears, on, on what happens. Because I, I thought of all the things that, that happened in the press conference on, on Monday, uh, Plow, the Chancellor Plowman's quote about, you know, astounding number, uh, I think, or something like that, uh, of infractions, and then the intent to, to hide those fractions and cover those fractions infractions up, um, certainly painted a, a very clear picture from her on what she thought uh, has taken place and how they got to this point. Yeah. And I think in, in talking some, to some people today that, that, you know, have some inside knowledge of the situation, I think the one thing that mortified her was that there were so many people involved, like so many people knew about, so many people obviously knew about it if, if you fired nine folks and yet nobody did anything to stop it. You know, nobody stood up and, you know, in, in the early stages and, and, you know, let some higher ups, let some grown ups know exactly what was going on. And um, I think that's the thing. I think that's the biggest thing that she had a hard time, you know, wrapping her arms around was just how widespread the wrongdoing was and how many people inside the building knew about it. And um, I mean, the, the people that I hate it for are like the, the young folks, you know, 25, 30 year olds, that are behind the scenes in the recruiting office who I would wager were doing what they were told, you know, by, by people well senior to them who now will have a hard time, you know, getting a job in this industry because of this. All right. So let's, let's look at it moving forward here. Um, and obviously it's going to be very methodical and, and from an investigation standpoint, it's going to be slow, but, but football has to move on Austin. It has to continue um, Kevin Steele trying to hold this roster together, uh, trying to do that with the help of other staff members. But this is a staff that is short on bodies in terms of um, coaching staff. It's a, a program that's obviously sh very short in the recruiting office. I mean, <laughs> that does is, is Chancellor Plowman going to let Kevin Steele hire anybody? Would anybody come work for Kevin Steele at this point? I mean, are they just going to go short-handed for the next month and a half or however long this is? Yeah, because, I mean, when you really look at the – just kind of just start trying to look at the broad look of everything of how long this potentially could take. Like, let's say Joe Osavet is interviewed for the job at Central Florida. Let's say he let's, – let's just start playing devil's advocate here. Let's say he gets that job. Well, what do you think he's going to do? He's going to take that job. He's smart. <laughs> There's no guarantee he'd, he'd – you know, he'd be getting paid for one year here. But after that, you know, you get more security at Central Florida. Let's say he takes that job. Let's say Derek Hansen goes back to the NFL, down two. That means you're down an O-line coach, an outside linebackers coach, uh, you know, Defense uh, an actual linebackers coach, um, 
you know, and then, you know, your defensive coordinator and your tight ends coach. You know what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden you start connecting dots a little bit. It don't take a lot to be all of a sudden playing with half a hand or, or whatever else. So, I mean, it's, I don't know if you know he can make those hires. So how can you let him make a hire unless you're going to make him the guy? Yeah, and who's going to come under those circumstances? You know, if, if they don't, you know, I, that's what I – who is going to come? That's why I think I – mean, and I the, the interim head coach tag has been thrown out there. I mean, if you I do don't that, see it. I just I don't, don't see either. it. I mean, you're, you're, you can't recruit the class of 22. No, exactly. With that. I completely agree. You can't – I mean, you're throwing away a recruiting year. Just throwing it away. You're going to have just a, a hole – on your roster from that. Well, Ohio State did that. It was much later in the game. And, you know, you were really only trying to, you know, get through football season, so to speak. And then by the end of football season, think about it, Urban was hired and boom, boom, boom. They And they had a much better roster than Tennessee currently does. So, and I, and I know people, AP, you put it in the chat and people, a lot of people don't want to hear it. I mean, I, I think that Steele getting the gig is a realistic option. Tennessee goes, goes to the Arkansas model. Yeah, again, to me, that's the thing that people like. Like, they think, like, well, I'm pushing Kevin Steele. No, I just said he's realistic. It, it is very realistic. When you, when you look at – the last time this job came open, Tennessee was going to hire Greg Schiano, and then got played by Mike Gundy. Dave Dorn's wife was getting hate messages, and <laughs> it's like, no, nah, I ain't getting in that mess. Then they were trying to go out and get Mike Leach. Um, and before they settled on a finalist three after an AD change of Jeremy Pruitt, Kevin Steele, and Mel Tucker, none of which just, you know, lights your hair on fire as far as just kind of – that doesn't mean they can't – one of them can't do a good job. What I'm saying is it's not like, you know, you had all these big-timers beating down your door. Well, that was three years ago when you were just coming off a sucky season. <laughs> now you've got like this investigation, this cloud. Jeremy's just fired with cause. Multiple coaches fired for cause. Do you think that all of a sudden all these guys will be like, oh, sign me up? And Knoxville. And you've got you you got an established assistant coach and Kevin Steele that I mean it looks like you're gonna have to keep. I mean, that's that's not gonna be attractive to a lot of candidates. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's on a two-year deal here. Are you gonna, you know, is he gonna come work here for six weeks and make $900,000, you know, as a part of what his deal says. Um, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think that – and I think that's why Tennessee's trying to go and wants to go fast and needs to go fast, but you can't be, you can't be dumb in how you go fast. And, and it's very clear, first and foremost, that Tennessee's path is they're going to hire an athletics director first so that the athletics director can't say, well, he wasn't my guy. Okay. Now I'm not saying that other people aren't going to be involved in hiring the football coach and not have a say. I mean, Plowman, I think will certainly be involved in that, but clearly the message is that they want the AD to say, you know, this is their guy and we'll get to the AD stuff in just a minute. I just wonder what's your real, what, what should Chancellor Plowman's realistic expectations be for Kevin Steele to accomplish here until an AD is in place and you start moving forward in a football in a, in a coaching search for a football coach. I mean, what, what, what is, what is a reasonable expectation with a short staff and non-recruiting staff? I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you want him to do? Uh, I, I mean, it is, is really fascinating to me. I, it starts obviously with trying to hold the roster together, um, which from a timing standpoint may not be as hard to do as you would think. 
with classes starting around the country everywhere, how realistic is it for guys to hop and move around? Current guys and, to hop and move and around. And Tennessee on is starting late. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of places that have been going so, but I don't know where they are. Well, there's a the reason Eric Gilbert can't go to Florida right now. I was going to say, you know, there's, 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 drop there's ads already happen. Drop ads happen in a lot of places. Yeah, and so on on Monday night, before we get to the AD stuff, on Monday night, um, Philip Fulmer, Chancellor Plowman, Kevin Steele had, had a team meeting. Um, Austin, what's your, what do you think? What do you think the message was? What, what do you think? What do you think Kevin Steele's message was to this team? It, what it would have been your message. One, we got. It was well, we got to stick together, and which is natural. That's what you're going to hear from anybody in that situation. But more than anything, it was. You know, if you guys like Coach Pruitt, and you all obviously did, I think you're going to like me because Coach Pruitt was my GA. And so, you know, I, I taught him some things. We have similar personalities. Um, you know, Kevin's probably a little bit more old school than Jeremy, but they are similar in demeanor. So I think for the guys that were, you know, maybe hoping for a change privately, they feel like, okay, we got a new guy. And for the people that were really big fans of Jeremy Pruitt, they're like, okay, he's similar to Coach Pruitt. So, like, again, I, we'll see how it all plays out. I do know the staff felt confident in being able to hold on to most of these kids and keep them out of the portal when they, uh, when, when they close shop up on Monday night. So, that to me, that's, that's a positive. But, again, kids are going to go home. They're going to talk to their parents. They're going to reassess. We'll see where things go over the next day or two. I, I think you'd be – would be floored if Tennessee didn't end up with a few kids in the portal. Henry yeah. T? I don't know. We'll see. He's not here yet. Question is, does he get to town tomorrow? I think that's a possibility. Remember, he's already met Kevin Steele as well. That's right. Because Kevin Steele was out there to see him uh, on Friday um, in that bizarre flight out there while the chancellor and um, board of trustees and, and, and president Randy Boyd were all learning the fate of Jeremy Pruitt's interview with the attorneys that took multiple hours on that Thursday, but, but Henry T has met Kevin Steele. Um, and then obviously Austin, you have the signees as well. We've seen some signees come out on Twitter and, and say they're good to go. Miles Campbell and Tyon Evans. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if anybody else ask out or see if anybody asks out of their letter moving forward. Um, I think that's to me, the two you're looking at. To me, the two you're looking at are Dylan Brooks and Byron Young. Byron Young was the late signee that Shelton Felton was a huge part of. Of course, Shelton yeah. Felton's not here. Um, and Brooks was close to, to Jeremy Pruitt, although Auburn was the second choice, so he would know Kevin Steele, correct? Correct. And and the, my, the reason I bring up those two are those are two, the two kids that Philip Fulmer said on the phone with on you point. know the day before signing day and said, everything is going to be fine. Coach Pruitt's our coach. You should sign. And they signed. So, I mean, and I get it. At that time, I think Coach Fulmer probably did think everything was going to be fine. But it ended up not being the case. Yeah, obviously. But at the time, you're right. I don't, I don't think he was intentionally misleading them. I just think at that time, that's where it was um, but because they weren't as far along in the investigation uh, process in terms of talking to the coaches and and everything as we saw last week, which was such a, a big week and in, in talking to, to Coach I mean, Shelton Felton and Brian Niedermeyer and Jeremy Pruitt all had extensive conversations with the attorneys last week. And obviously we saw the results of that on, on Monday. Um, the class of 22, 
um, and in state is such an important class. How do you how do you sell a class? What do you what do you I mean? Is, is the message just hey, give us a chance? Is that is that is that the message to the twenty twos right now, Austin? Well, I, I think that the message is pretty clear. Give us a chance. Don't do anything hastily. We were in a good spot with most of you guys. Obviously, now we've got a coaching change. Give us a chance to make a hire and let us recruit you. I mean, the problem is, is like you got some of these kids. There's an offensive tackle out of Louisiana. who's not the in-state kid, but similarly, he got like a timeline, like 16 days away. Campbell's his last name. It probably not going to come here because of, of, of the timeline. Look at Ty Simpson. Was hoping to do something in January. We established that it's probably going to be February or maybe even March. But even then, if you're not making a hire till let's say, February 10th. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, you know, about who knows what, what the timeline will be. It could be – they could have an AD. By, I they, don't think that's unrealistic. I don't either. They could to, have, hear it, to hear it said out loud, just, just it's like getting kicked in the stomach. They could have an AD by next Monday and, and, then, a, and then a head coach by the following Monday. And what, what, what does that – what's that put us? Right at the 1st of February, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, my point is, is like – if Ty Simpson's trying to do something, that gives him what three, four weeks to get to know whoever new coach is. I mean, again, timing's everything, and 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 all of this. And so, you know, that's that's kind of where I'm at with a lot of this. Is just, you know, sometimes it may not work out, and it didn't work out in in Cade's case three years ago to end up at Tennessee originally, and it may not work out for Ty Simpson to end up here, or Jordan James, or Isaiah Horton, or Cam Miller or several of Dallin Hayden, several of these in-state uh, players that Tennessee likes a lot. Hard to imagine this thing being done in, in two weeks' time on both fronts. To me, maybe, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm crazy, but I just, that seems like a, that seems like a um, very wishful timeline to try yeah, to get I think the only, way, time. The, on, the only way that happens is if they know John Gilbert's their guy and they're going to move quick. And the fact that, and I've heard tonight from a reliable source that it is not that that's not a slam dunk. I mean, yeah, he's certainly a candidate, but it's not like he's our guy. We're going to have the press conference Friday, and if he, if that was the case, why why would you hire a search firm and pay him one hundred twenty grand? Yeah, I mean, I you know I, clearly, I mean, he's clearly going to be on the list, and he's clearly going to get an interview. But I don't think he's going to be the only one. You know, Mark Ingram at UAB, I think will will get an interview. Um, I would be surprised if he didn't. Um, and then it's, you know, is there a setting AD somewhere that's looking to make a move? You know, um, you know, Todd Stewart's at, at Western Kentucky. Is he ready for an SEC job? I don't know. Um, you know, Mitch Barnhart is a name that you throw in there because he's, he's been at Tennessee before. Is he growing tired at Kentucky? He's the longest tenured AD at the same school in the SEC, um, making a million dollars a year at, at Kentucky. Uh, th- does he want to continue on there or is he looking to, to at this point in his life to make a move? I, I, I kind of tend to think he's pretty content at Kentucky, but maybe he's not, maybe he's interested in, in, in making a move. Don't you think they have to hire someone who's a current AD or is a recently retired sitting AD to help them navigate through oh, what's in front of them? Totally. But but I also think that you're helped by the fact that, I mean, it's not a name a lot of people know, but I know we all do, but Reed Sigmund is a behind-the-scenes guy that 
that a lot of people at Tennessee think, you know, does a fantastic job kind of in that number two role. So whoever you hire is going to get a lot of help from, from that direction. But um, I, I think ideally you hire somebody that's, you know, kind of making maybe not a lateral move, but a, a sim, you know, has been in a, a similar power five job. I think your concerns about Gilbert, you know, being, you know, being at Southern Miss in East Carolina are mitigated some, somewhat by the fact that he was here for five years and he knows the lay of the land. He knows the money people that, that you're going to deal with. He's going to have, you know, support from, from people that are still here like Rick Barnes that, that know him and how he operates. So, you know, I, I think if it's going to, if you're going to hire a guy from the smaller school, it's got to be somebody with Tennessee ties like Gilbert or Mark. Like John Curry. I don't think John Curry. Mike Hamilton's, Mike Hamilton's out there. <laughs> bring, bring Hamilton home. You know, I mean, listen, I think the two most, the, the two most prevalent names and rightfully so are, are, are Ingram and, and, and John Gilbert. But I mean, you, you hired a search firm to look at a bunch of names out there. Right. I mean, otherwise, you know, you can move pretty fast and, and pretty forward, you know, with things. And I think they do want to go fast. I think you hire a search firm for your own protection. Obviously Tennessee made a mistake, not hiring a search firm before and, and hiring a coach. And it didn't, it didn't work out. It was a mistake because that coach wasn't vetted out the way it needed to be. And that was Donnie Tindall. And ironically, John Gilbert was involved in that situation at that point with Dave Hart. So, uh, but I, you know, you, you, again, you're paying a lot of money to talk to more than two people. I think if you're, if you're Tennessee, but they do have to go fast, that there's, there's no question that they have to go fast moving forward because AP, if you, if, you know, if you want any more transfers, you know, and you're not going to get them right now, but you know, at the end of the spring semester, I mean, you, you know, you, you got to have people in place pretty quickly, right? I mean, you got Yeah, to. you do. I mean, I think, I think that's the most realistic uh, side of, of finishing out the 21 class is to take transfers after spring because you have a head coach in place by then, new pack of kids that have, you know, went through spring and said, you know, I didn't like the chewing gum I ate today or whatever. And they went to the portal, you know, and that's, it, that's the thing. So, I mean, I, I think that's the most realistic thing. Cause I mean, Brent, what kind of kids can they get right now? What offensive linemen? Cause they need offensive linemen. Can't, I don't what think you can sign anybody right now. Coming here. Nobody. Without an offensive line coach. Yeah. And, and you don't know who the head coach is going to be. And then there's the, there's yeah. a cloud that people are going to ask and wonder what's the punishment for the program going to be? I get to get, get to go to a bowl game next yeah. year. I mean, you know, is this, is, is there a postseason ban? Is there a multi-year postseason ban? Tennessee doesn't know what their scholarship numbers are going to be. Is that going to be affected? Is more of this going to fall on the coaches who were just, you know, fired than it is on the university because the university made swift action when they got the results of the investigation. And um, they, they didn't just, let one person go and say, Hey, this was a rogue person. They made sweeping changes, you know, in, in things there. Does that help them in the eyes of the NCAA? That's why you hire the Glacier group. That's why you hire Michael Glaciers to try to help you formulate the best path to mitigate the damages against you with the NCAA. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I think it's going to play well. I mean, I don't think Tennessee is going to come away unscathed, but I think the the decisive and, and, the wide sweeping actions that Plowman took today are is going is going to really help them when it comes to the enforcement committee. And and you know, depending on who you know tries to get this job, I, I think don't you think that they have a little leverage to stand on to get a little more security in their deal with the potential oh, yeah. thing that looms? I mean, you oh, think, yeah. I, mean, I think it could maybe even be like a seven year deal like you yeah. saw Matt Rule with at Baylor. 
Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think, I think, I think to get into a candidate that, you know, to get a candidate to be in the market for somebody out there, um, you know, I, I think that, I think a candidate's going to, going to demand that kind of, that kind of, of length of contract. I don't think anybody's coming here for, for a five-year deal, you know, unknowing, you know, without knowing what your penalties are going to be. Cause if you get, if you get here and you take a five-year deal and the penalties are much worse than you're being led to believe, do you have a fighting chance? Yeah. Your first two years are basically just trying to dig out of the grave. Yeah. If you, know, get if you get slammed by the NCAA. So yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, that, that, that you're going to have people that's going to, you're going to want those people or the head coach is going to want to be on a long-term deal. And then, uh, again, you gotta you gotta not just hire coaches. You're hiring a recruiting office and, and everything else. So you gotta you got a whole lot going on. There's a whole lot we're gonna continue to talk about on the message board and 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 continue to have stories and continue to dig for more information as the search gets underway for an athletics director. That's gonna happen first. Um, and then Rob, as we exit out the door here quickly, and most of this obviously is focused on football. Tennessee is playing a basketball game uh, <laughs> against right. against Florida against Florida on the road. Um, a Florida team, it's a little bit hard to get a handle on because they've had injury. They've had some COVID issues as well. Tennessee basketball team that is in spurts playing really good basketball and in spurts playing some okay basketball within the game, probably not playing as complete of a game as Rick Barnes wants and probably not up to the unrealistic expectations of a complete game. Where do you like or where do you think this Tennessee team is as they go into this week of conference play? I think they're on an upward trajectory. I, mean, I think it's, it's, you know, it seems pretty clear to me that they're, I mean, they're not as consistent as they need to be, but they're, they're getting there. I mean, I think they're, they're starting to kind of establish a baseline of what you can expect every night. Um, I really like their chances against Florida. I've been, I think Florida is one of the biggest disappointments in the league this year. Um, with, the kind of with the guys that they brought back, Trey Mann, Scotty Barnes, um, getting worked at home by Kentucky like they did last Saturday was, you know, I mean, they didn't have Barnes, so that's you know one thing. But um, not, I mean, I, I, they just don't scare me if I'm Tennessee. I think Tennessee gives them real, real problems with with Tennessee's defense. And um, you know, as far as the team itself, I, I think the most fascinating su- subplot right now, and it's one we've talked about a lot on the board. Is you know does does a third post emerge or does Rick say screw it we're playing small ball and I'm kind of I'm, I'm leaning hard towards small ball myself personally right now because I just I mean, Anasiki and, and Camwa have just the production has just not been there and I mean it, you, you lose a couple of inches but I'm I don't know about you but I'm not taking Josiah James out or Keon Johnson out to play either one of those two guys. I'll play small and make the other team adjust. How much does that, I mean, does that, is that a huge, make them an even greater liability on the rebounding end? Or do you think that's mitigated because anasiki has been okay as a rebounder? Kamwa has just not been great as a rebounder. Keon Johnson's been solid. You know, James pretty much rebounds as well as anybody on this team. You, you I don't think, think it, it, it doesn't change that, that variable very much. I don't think it hurts it at all. Really? I mean, he's, Yes, you're a better better rebounding team with Anasiki's on the floor, but you lose so much else in so many other areas. Um, Camwa, I'm I'm still I'm long on Camwa's stock. I think that he's he's going to be a, a, a contributor here before it's all said and done. But it's it's just not there right now. And unless you're talking about a six nine future NBA power forward, Keon 
and Josiah can guard most of the fours that you're going to see in this league. And most of the fours that you're going to see in this league don't have a chance in hell at guarding Keon or, or Josiah on the other end of the floor. Yep, it creates an interesting offensive matchup that should be in Tennessee's favor. We'll see what that lineup looks like uh, as Tennessee takes on Florida. Um, we'll have full coverage of, of that and um, some hoops coverage out there and obviously plenty of coverage with everything that's surrounding the Tennessee football program and the athletics program at this point in time. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.